Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Andrew here. I'm, we're going to get to the show really in a, in a second, but I wanted to send a quick note to say that we have reached episode fucking 100, and holy wow, I am so excited that we're here. This is the 100th, 100th episode of this show. What the hell? I never thought when I produced this show, started making it almost two years ago, that this show would actually reach a hundred fucking episodes, and it's because of you and your listenership that this show has gone that far, and I am so, so grateful and so, so thankful that you've listened and you've made this show what it is. Last year at this time, we were only sitting at 13,000 downloads. We're now sitting at almost 70,000 downloads, so the listenership has grown exponentially, and I want to thank you so much for listening, for pledging, for for writing stuff for Minnesotans, for being a really active part of the Disability After Dark community and making this show what it is. This is a really niche show. This talks about a topic, sexuality and disability, that most people don't don't understand or don't have, an, have a framework for. And I hope this show gives the listenership, A, a place for other disabled individuals to feel like they're not alone in, in what they're feeling, and a place for non-disabled listeners to feel like they can learn something and grow and be educated from having these discussions around sexuality and disability. And that's what the show's done for me. I want this show to go for another 100 episodes. So in order to do that, I want your help. And I'd love for you to go to our Patreon at crippledcontent at patreon.com slash crippledcontent and donate what you can. Um, tell your friends. Download the show. Review the show on iTunes. iTunes is one of the only is the only place where podcasts get their rating metrics. It's the biggest place. So if you could go on iTunes right now and leave a five star review of this show for me with a little note of the review, that would be amazing. I would appreciate it so so much. Um, I asked people who are listening to send me thoughts about their 100 episode and I got one from a previous guest Dick Wound who was the guest on episode 0.68 or no 68.1 um fuck me till my heart stops he sent in a really a really heartfelt little chat about what the show meant for him and I wanted to play it before this episode um but really I, I just want to thank you so much for making Disability After Dark what it is. I record this show from my house. I do it all by myself with a little bit of help from Ray in Vancouver for research, but mostly on my own. I appreciate all you've done and all your listenership, and I can't wait till we get to another 100 episodes. So send in your minisodes, send in your thoughts, pledge, send in all these things to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And thank you for helping the show reach 100. Woo! Hey, listeners of Disability After Dark, this is Dick Wound. You might remember me from episode 68.1, Fuck Me Till My Heart Stops, <laughs> where Andrew interviewed me about uh, my medical condition, um, uh, the you know, being a, a young survivor of a heart attack and um, the damage that I sustained during that event and how that's affected my life and, you know, my, my physical ability uh since then. And it was a really, really fascinating uh, interview because, you know, we talked about a lot. We talked about, you know, both the 
um, the physical th- stuff and also, you know, where my particular fetishes kind of um, come into play where I use those to sort of overcome depression of, you know, not being able to do some of the things I used to be able to do. And I've been interviewed by a lot of people about uh, about, you know, just not just the event, but also, you know, the fetish stuff that comes along that came along with it and that I used to cope and heal. And I love all the interviews that I've done, but I particularly love um, Andrews. And uh, I'm not just saying that because, you know, you know, to, just to, to to be nice or anything like that. It it actually, if you listen to any of my other interviews and you listen to the one I did with Andrew, it goes so much deeper into areas that I never went into with anyone else because those people didn't know to go there. And the reason they didn't know how to go there is because they themselves aren't disabled. And it takes a level of empathy and understanding and, and you know, seeing through the filter of that life experience to kind of go to those places. And that's why I think, you know, what I learned even just from being interviewed by Andrew, uh, uh, I did a lot of self-reflection after that, even in terms of like how I, I identify myself and my level of disability, if you will. Um, you know, it's super important uh, for people out there to, to understand what people's lives are like in order to... Um, you know, be better people to each other. And I think that shows like Andrew's are really doing that. So anyway, I just wanted to take a minute and record a quick little message for you because I wanted to say congratulations on getting to episode 100. Uh, A lot of independent smaller podcasts like ours don't make it to episode 100 because it's a lot of fucking work putting a show together and, you know, you know, doing what we do. And and, uh, it's 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 very important and it's, uh, you know, it can be discouraging at times when, you know, you feel like you're you're working so hard at something and it's not, you know, gaining traction or, you know, and, and the things, they, any creative process, you're going to hit walls. And, you know, um, me, Andrew, you and I had a, a wonderful conversation the other night about, you know, just even just the the the. <laughs> the, the mental fatigue that comes along with with you know being a creator of of any kind of project and you know so i just i just wanted to kind of say like i'm super proud of you for uh making it to episode 100 please keep going uh do not ever let anything discourage you you know if you ever need help with anything i, I told you this uh, i'm always here reach out um, but also as uh, a listener of your show, not just a, you know, a friend and a, cre- a creator, or fellow creator, or whatever, uh, you know, as a listener, I'd like to, you know, say thank you on behalf of, you know, all your listeners, um, because, you know, we, we, we really appreciate all the work that you're doing. So thanks. Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. 
Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content Warning The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, friends, lovers, and everybody in between. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark. I am Andrew Gerza, and this is the podcast Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability. I am really, really excited about this interview, so much so that I'm recording it weeks before I actually release it to you, uh, because I want I like to get shit done early, and I like to be on top of my shit when I prepare episodes for you. This one, I'm so excited about. Uh, do you remember episode 54, when I interviewed the dating coach on wheels, Amin Lakani? Well, guess what? He's back for a brand new interview today, and I'm so excited to tell you all about it. Amin actually reached out to me a few weeks ago and said, uh, hey, I want to come back on your show. I have some more things I'd like to talk about. We actually started talking about his relationship with money and success and being on social assistance. And then we, so this conversation is a little bit less about sex and more about, well, I mean, there is sex and disability in there, but there's more stuff about his relationship to masculinity, success, money, his body, shame, depression, all the stuff that so many of us with disabilities don't get a chance to explore or really actively talk about. So this was a really fantastic interview uh, for, to, I, it was just, it was nice to catch up with him and you can hear we have a nice sexy banter back almost from the beginning, but really to dive into the deeper stuff that disabled people feel when they're trying to make a name for themselves, when they're trying to build a brand around sexuality and dating and disability, when they're going through depression about their body changing. All that stuff is really, really tackled here, and I'm really, really excited for this interview. This one's kind of like if you were to listen to an episode of Death, Sex, and Money, because we get into stuff that is really, really deep and really, really, like, there's a lot of stuff here, but I think it's important for uh, for an audience to hear how disabled people feel about this stuff. And, and when you're trying to build a brand around around sexuality and disability and be successful and how all that stuff takes a toll on disabled people. So this is a really, really, really important interview. So I'm going to stop rambling now and let you hear the interview. But here's my interview with Amin Lakani right here on Disability After Dark. Amin, what is up, friend? How are you? I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you? I'm so good. Welcome back. to You You are the very first guest that uh-huh. has repeated on my show. You are a repeat Disability After Dark guest. I am honored to be back. Uh, it's a privilege to be that first person, to be your first second timer. Wow. Uh, in so many ways in life, that's not true. But but <laughs> in this instance, yes, you totally are. Yeah, right. And I'm so here for it. Um, how are things, friend? What's going on? Things are good. I am 
uh, still doing the dating coach thing. I've also started some other projects. I started actually seriously writing my book since we last spoke, started making some vlogs, and then I started this new thing with my assistant, which is what I call, which is what people typically call caregivers. I call them my assistant, assistants, and uh, one of them, we have a really good uh, banter, so we started this little video podcast called Two Boys, One Chair. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it's fun. We're, we do it every, like pretty much every morning he's here, and it's fun because we, we both make fun of each other. We talk about a lot of issues like sex and mental health and just what's going on in the world right now and equality and inclusion and all that stuff. So, so it's a lot of fun. from a branding perspective, I have like three yeah. million thoughts. And the first one is, yeah. how can I help you turn that into a podcast? That <laughs> sounds amazing. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. So we're, as of now, we're just posting to YouTube, basically just recording when I do my morning walk with him because that's when we tend to have the most interesting, fun conversation because we just catch up about what happened the day before or the week before. So we've been recording it and just putting it on YouTube. And we actually do it live so people can join in and comment and interact with us. Uh, and we haven't really told that many people about it but because we weren't sure if we wanted to keep doing it. But it's been a lot of fun. So we're well, keeping you, at it. And You just told like... Yeah, to I should any, Anyone who listens to this awesome show, which is everyone. So yes. you just told the world. Um, yeah, because then we got like the top chart, a top, yeah, top of the charts podcast. Gonna, I'm, the, I'm, you know, right off there all the time. Sure, sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, so for those, for people who don't know who you are and for people who are listening yeah. to this part going like, who the fuck is this guy? Can you, right. can you like, can you reintroduce yourself to us and tell us what you do? Sure. So who the fuck I am is Amin Lakani, uh, otherwise known as the dating coach on wheels. I am, uh, well, I guess to put into context, I have muscular dystrophy. I'm a skinny brown man, essentially. And I had very little, I had no dating experience, no luck in the dating world until I was 23. I hired my own dating coach, turned my life around. Now I've been on over 45 first dates and now typically turn down dates because I'm not interested or I, I'm i looking for something very specific. But I had a lot of experience. I grew a lot, changed a lot, and now I teach other people how to do the same. That's, again, I think it's really, I, I said to you the last time we talked, it's, yeah, it's super, it's super awesome what you do, and I support mm -hmm. you in all the ways. And so, bravo, Thank friend. You. That's that's really great. Um, Thank you. It's mutual, definitely mutual. I love what everything you're doing as well. Anyway, this is like wow, they're really they're really stroking each other's egos. And the answer <laughs> is yes, we are, and we might be also stroking each other's something else. But <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I had to do my, it. My mind <laughs> went to the same place. <laughs> I'm glad. I think see? I think we're both probably like equally dirty oh um, we're dirty motherfucker it's, it's yeah it's fine like i am going off the high of being on the scruff apps most wolf yeah thing like 20 minutes ago and because that never happens for disabled people so yeah we're you yeah and I, that's like amazing i'm i'm really excited about that that's i'll I mean, have to ask 
I'll have to ask Sam who's the guy I do the podcast with uh, or the, the video podcast with um, if he knew about that. He doesn't, he's more of a grinder uh, user. I don't think he really uses scruff, but uh, scruff for like bears and beards and like. Oh, uh, okay. Very, that makes sense. Scruff's I mean, it makes a very Seattle esque app, I feel Seattle-esque. like. Really? I feel like it's very where like all the woodsmen go to get dick. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> but that's a weird segue about nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, one of the things that you and I were chatting about offline the other day when we yeah. were set, when we were figuring out how to start this interview and how to like how to bring you back into the the awesome fold. By the way, your episode of the show is the second highest rated episode of the show ever. No way. Really? Uh, yeah, you're like. How do you know? How do you know what? Okay, I, well, I'll have to ask you Because I'm how you like anal it. about all the stats, and I okay. check it constantly to see where the numbers are. Cause That's I like amazing. Who's number one? Who's fucking number one? Who I'm number top? one. I, me, I'm on top. The very, just by the, yourself. Just me. I'm a solo. Yeah. So, but ah, you're, but okay. I thought you should know, your, you know, your episode, I'm your number. first one is right up there. So, yeah. okay. so we got, we got some, yeah, we got, we got to top it. Let's do it. <laughs> Who are we topping? How, how are we doing that? <laughs> topping ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a, that that's that, that works for me. Um, um, <laughs> this whole episode is gonna be like a bunch of a bunch of puns just, that nobody yeah, gets. Right. It's fun. Um. Okay. So my actual question, <laughs> my actual sure. question was so. Um, when we were setting up this interview and figuring out what to do, yes. we would you actually approached me about being on public assistance and being on yeah. like social assistance and and kind of your feelings around being on being on like social welfare and needing help financially as a disabled person. Tell me more yeah. about kind of your feelings around that and like how you feel kind of admitting that and sharing that that reality. Yeah, honestly, I never thought I would be admitting it. I'm still a little scared, but you did this Facebook live video with uh, your friend. I don't actually remember his name. Do you remember who that was? Andy, Andy Arias. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hadn't heard of him and I was just browsing Facebook at the time and tuned in and I was just really, uh, it felt so good to hear somebody else talk about it because we didn't talk about it last time, right? We basically told each other, told each other, Hey, this is our, and told the world, this is our main gig. This is what we do to pay the bills. And that was the assumption. And I wasn't ready to talk about anything else. But the reality is that, yeah, I am on public assistance. And the way that makes me feel is very, it makes me feel weak, honestly. Like, I don't like it. Um, I, it, it hurts the ego a little bit. And I, I want to not be in that situation. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I I can appreciate not wanting to be in that situation and wishing yeah. you could make your own money. And I don't know if it's the same for you in the U.S. I'm not quite sure exactly how SSI works, but yeah. in Canada, if you work and you make a dollar, they take away they take away half your dollar. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it's a similar system. Like basically, if you work, you're fucked. Like because then you don't get. Uh, yeah, they take away some of your benefits. So there's there's like a certain process, but it's 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 scary because once if you have a disability and 
like I was in the workforce, right? Like I was working at Microsoft making good money and um, I never thought I'd be in this position. So I was just like, my body's not gonna, my body's just gonna keep up with me forever. But it broke down and I just, I wasn't able to keep up with that same schedule. Like I was letting my team down. Uh, so I had to leave. Um, not that they forced me out or anything, but they gave me lots of opportunities. Um, and then I just thought, okay, well, I could like grind and try to do that again and like basically break my body down even further. Or I could try to maintain where I'm at and try to do something else that keeps me in, interested in doing stuff. Yeah, and probably engaged. And I think, you know, right. it's, I think one of the things about working and one of the things that we, especially as disabled people, to be in the workforce and to work, to be a worker yeah. and to do that stuff is considered sexy and considered independent right. and considered, Absolutely. you're considered to be, if you work in a big company and you're like doing something for a company, you're considered to be yeah. like one of the team and that's right. really sexy to be self-sufficient that way. And so yeah. I can yeah, imagine. It gave, me, it gave me a huge boost of self-confidence for sure. Oh yeah. And I can imagine then having to like reshift your focus into mm-hmm. activism, which is primarily like pays shit usually and, right. and often doesn't pay when we're disabled and marginalized yeah. doesn't pay a lot and we're what, so what do you what do you do do you not because i charge for my services right but i typically am able to write that off as um, because i have expenses for running my website and all that i'm always worried about like not it's, it's shitty like i i can't make too much money because then i might draw attention towards me and um, the biggest thing that scares me is what if I, like, I can do it this year, but not next year. And then, you know, there's, I trip some wire and I can't get those benefits back for a certain amount of time where I'm without healthcare because we have that issue too in the U S. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, for me, I found little loopholes around things and I found, yeah. I found that the word doing this work as a sex educator who's marginalized the word honorarium becomes your best friend yeah. because if it's considered okay. in Canada anyway, in in a lot yeah. of and not everywhere, but where I am sure. in Toronto, if it's yeah. if it, you can make a certain amount in honorarium, so a lot of what I do, uh, okay. I'll right. talk Is to yeah, I'll talk to the the person hiring me saying, look, here's my reality, here's what I need, right. can we yeah. consider some of this honorarium? Um, I see. And then you play the game where, quite honestly, you lie through your teeth. Yeah. Hope nobody from the government's listening right now. But right, that's like, I know, right? Like, that's the thing that scares the shit out of me. It's like I'm, I, I feel like the government's gonna like watch me and like all that. But I mean, if they, I also feel like if they would have, if they're gonna do something about it. I mean, I was in that video that got like, what, like a couple million hits. Like, they would have known already. Right? Yeah, they like, would know who you. Like, if they it was gonna happen, tracked you down yeah. and figured it out. Right. Like. But yeah. and I, I think you know, but I think it's tough because again, to be financially independent, when I have money in my pocket, I'm yeah. able to do stuff. I'm able to go on dates. Right. I'm able to take people out. I'm able to, yeah. like, to buy the things I want, and that makes me feel to have that stability. Right. As a disabled person, does make me feel sexually aroused. Not that I get turned right. on by money, but like. <laughs> But I, well, I mean, maybe, maybe I do. Yeah, but we like, all have our things. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe it's a hidden kink of mine. But it, to know yeah. that, like, 
to know that like I can I can I have real money in my wallet is yeah. is right is important for me so I can imagine for you Absolutely. like going on the benefits and figuring out how to mm-hmm. and also to be an educator and to like to 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 do what we do and then to ask for money do you feel comfortable like charging do you, did you reach it did you go to a place where you were like oh I'm talking about sexuality and disability or dating and disability I can't yeah. charge for that did you uh no I so I no I never had that because I was like this is because I paid a shit ton for my dating coach and I was and I knew my dating coach would always say to me and he would say you know if you don't pay you don't get results because you're not committed and I was like whatever this is just you trying to make some more money but whatever it's fine because it, it worked for me but when I started coaching people I used to do free consultations but then I just stopped because I found that 90, 99% of the time, the person didn't do shit with the advice. Oh, so you were so then so you were like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna now yeah. try. And then when you started charging, right? But I mean, what I'm asking you is like, as a disabled person, did you feel like was there when you because I think when you start charging for for your like for your yeah. knowledge base as a disabled person, right. you, it first feels really weird because you're right. like. And I think it feels extra weird if you're working with a disabled person. I always, if I'm mm. working with a disabled person, I always try to ask them like, "Hey, what's oh, your budget?" Oh, that like, yeah, yeah, right, right. But if I yeah, go ahead. If I'm talking to a to a corporate like somebody that I know has money, right. I'm like, "No, my fee's this. Thanks, bye." Yeah, right. Yeah, I do feel that for people with disabilities. Like I've had people that have very um, that have disabilities that are definitely more physically involved than mine. Uh, book like sessions with me and I I feel guilty for a, a long time I did for a long time and I still do uh, like there's this guy who I talked to a couple weeks ago and um, he has a very advanced form of muscular or very um, challenging form of muscular dystrophy where he has very little movement of his body and I, th- I, I was like, man, can I take this guy's money? Like, it feels a little weird because I know what it's like to be someone with a disability, right? I know that it's financially challenging and taxing and all that. Um, but then I also have to value my time because if I don't, then, like, I'm, if I just give my time away to everyone who comes and asks, I won't be able to take care of myself. Yeah, and then you're putting, you're, you're devaluing yeah. yourself and you're devaluing right. what, we do, what you do. Yeah. So, right. So or I won't be able to, like, to keep my site up, right? Like things like that. Yeah, yeah, and you won't be able to pay to take the pretty girl out for dinner when, like, absolutely when she says, "Hey, let's do this." Um, yeah. Uh, do you? But so do you? I'm so so. One of the ways that so many people feel confident and secure is by making, yeah, is by being independent and making and having their own money, right. and that's kind of yeah. like it's like we like we've been talking about. That's really sexy right. to have our own money, especially mm-hmm. as a disabled person. Um, right. Has the thought of needing public assistance as a disabled person had an effect on how you see yourself? Yeah, you mean as a sexual mate? Like what? Yeah, like as a mate, as like a as like somebody to go on a date with, like because if you right. when when we're making our own money when we're working, like yeah. having having a few bucks in our pocket to go for like a drink or whatever is no big deal. Yeah. But if you if you have a a month where you slump and things don't things aren't, you know, you know, you don't book as many consults and you, right. you need to rely more on the, that money. How yeah. like, do you feel like, oh, I can't go, I can't go on this date because 
I might have to ask them to pay or I might have to like, I might, yeah. does it, does it feel that way? So I haven't been in that position yet. Like I was, I was raised with really strong money values. So I was always a saver from a very young age. So I've set myself up that like, it's, it's a pretty unlikely scenario that I will be like completely strapped or like dependent on um, the income that's coming in. Um, it kind of like keeps things going, but I, I'm always like, I'm always like well ahead of where I need to be. So it hasn't been there, but it has made me way more cognizant of how much I'm spending. Um, and it does, I think it's brought up, brought out this fear in me that I won't have enough at some point or like, what if the benefits stop and I can't work? And like that, that fear came up where I never had that fear before. Does that answer um, your question? Yeah, it did. I mean, and so does that, does that, like, how do you manage those fears of, like, future long-term? Like, does that affect yeah. how you see yourself in terms of, like, a longer relationship? Like, if you met somebody who you were really, who you connected with, and let's say you want to get married, do you do you worry about, yeah. like, I worry about if I, if I were to marry somebody or right. to be in a long-term relationship with somebody and I moved mm -hmm. in with them, the state yeah. would say, oh, well, they're your caregiver, so we're going to slash your benefits. Right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Pretty, so go ahead. And I'm pretty sure the state would say the same for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, there's all these, there's all these rules and regulations and all this stuff, and it honestly becomes really overwhelming when you get into it. So my strategy for a long time was just ignore it and try to not think about it. But I realized that's probably not very prudent. So, that as a result, what I've done to manage it is hey, I, I know that this is my reality and that I have to deal with things that maybe other people wouldn't have to, but I'm just going to try to get out ahead of it. So I think you have to find a balance because there was a point where I got so into it where I wanted to like have everything protected and every possible protection in place and uh, you know that like you could set up things like legal structures and a whole variety of things to try to protect yourself. Um, but ultimately, you have to just accept that you can't control everything uh, and just try to hit the big things. So I try to make progress towards the things I know I need to get done to try to protect myself. And then it's also, as far as relationships go, um, it's made me a little bit more, um, I guess, I'm, I don't know the right word, counterculture is not the right word, but a little bit more open-minded about different types of relationships. So as a result of all this, I've realized I, I've just decided that I don't think I want to get married. Um, I don't. Um, Tell me, wow. That is, that's, that's, that yeah. seems, that seems really like, that seems totally different from the guy I talked to a year ago. Tell me, yeah. like, tell me this. So I still want a long-term partner. I just don't see any real benefit to getting married. Like I think, for me, if I was to get married to someone, it would be a very like clinical decision. You know, like I would, I, of course I want to have that long-term partner that I'm in love with and I want to be, um, you know, with that person. But I think marriage is just not, I, I just don't see the point. Um, especially if you're committed to someone because it just creates all these issues. Um, and, 
I've seen like my sister's marriage didn't work out well. I see a lot of marriages not work out well. And I, I still want that long-term partner, but I don't want that physical paper um, as, as of right now. That's what I'm thinking. All right. And then, and I mean, in terms of like a disability perspective, if, yeah. like if you were to get the paper and you were to get married and all those things happen right. and then, and then it didn't work out, like it would be tough for you right. to, it's to, a mess. Yeah. to like go, like the state would say, Oh, they're taking care of you. And then you get divorced. Right. How, like, how do you get back onto SSI right. or social assistance? Like it's, so I think that financially it doesn't make sense for a lot of us who are disabled to have a traditional, like to get married under the law right. because it fucks us right over. Yeah. Right. And I, so just as a clarification, um, I, I don't know if you know the difference, but there's essentially two programs for people with disabilities in the States. There's SSI and SSDI, and I'm on SSDI, which is, um, in my opinion, the better one because, and I'm eligible for that because I worked for a certain number of years and, um, like paid into the system. So yeah. it's essentially an insurance policy that is government that you buy from the government, uh, with your taxes. Uh, as opposed yeah, to it's like it's like, SSI, a, it's yeah. like a pension plan, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's like a disability insurance plan. So it's basically like if you're working and something happens and you become disabled, then um, this thing kicks in and you get like a certain num- amount of you get some money like until you are no longer disabled. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. My next question is. Yeah. Does the government assume that you will one day not be disabled anymore? They're always like checking if I'm still disabled, uh, and and I mean technically under the government's definition, previously when I was working I was not disabled because I was able to do all that work. Because my 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 body so I have a progressive condition, and I was pre- like other than being in a wheelchair, I was pretty capable when I worked at Microsoft several years ago. And, but then it shifted and I, uh, my condition started to decline quite rapidly and things became a lot more difficult. My, uh, I didn't have as much energy. I'd fatigue a lot faster. Um, and it was just really difficult to keep up with like basic things like lifting a laptop and taking it to work, um, became like excruciatingly difficult or painful. Okay. Wow. I didn't realize that it was like that progressive, that fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that part. Cause I didn't, I sure. honestly, my disability is, is quite different from yours. So I didn't understand. Is it the pretty gra- stable? Um, no, I mean, it has changed over. Like I would say since I last talked to you, yeah, it's changed a little bit. Like I, as I've told my listeners, I now deal with the joy of IBS frequently okay which yeah. is because of catheters and and, uh, getting, and getting an infection last year and all that joy but i mean okay. in terms of like progressive muscle issues right it's, it cp is is not as like degenerative as, as what you have but okay but i can and, and so just to like piggyback off that i right. i um i wonder how all of the these changes in your body um mm-hmm. As the as it keeps happening to you, like you mentioned, that uh, you would need help in the bedroom, and you need right. you're starting to need more and more help in the bedroom. Yeah. Can can you can we shift gears a little bit and go right to the sexy sure. shit? 
Um, Absolutely. Uh, it, wouldn't, so, it wouldn't be wouldn't be just really after dark if that wasn't on the table. If we weren't talking about your dick right away, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, tell me basically about how like has tell me about you needing help in the bedroom and what that means for you. Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, full disclosure, I haven't been in that situation since last October. Um, it's been a while. All right. But, Which is unfortunate because uh, you have the sexiest voice ever. And... <laughs> Thanks. I, it's, not, it's not because I haven't, like, had the options. It's just I haven't – I'm very – I'm looking for something very specific at this point. And if it's not that, I just don't want to be involved with someone because uh, I know what I'm looking for. So, uh, but the rest, as far as the help goes, I've I noticed back in October, like earlier when I'd seen some of these um, other women I dated over the years, I was able to be on top for quite a bit longer. But in October, it was like after like a minute or two, I'd be like, oh shit, like this is really tough. Or like she'd have to help me stay up or like put push me up or eventually it just turned out that I was just on bottom and she was like riding my dick. I would have no problem with that position. <laughs> yeah. By being, being on bottom or riding my dick. Both of those things. Both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please tell me that wherever you are in the world right now, you're blushing. Please. please. I'm so blushing. <laughs> Get good. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what happened. I was, I used to be able to be on top and have that endurance for maybe five to 10 minutes. And then it was just a lot less. Maybe it's because I was out of practice, but I also did feel a little bit weaker. I'm not just not as mobile in the bed. Like before I used to be able to, like if I was laying in bed, I'd be able to get up on all fours on, on my own. But now that's way more challenging, and I don't I don't feel safe doing that on my own. Yeah. So if so, someone else would have to be around. Yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't feel safe. I mean, the visuals hot, but the reality <laughs> like the reality yeah. is really scary. And I mean, right. do do you feel like to tie it into masculinity, masculinity, yeah. masculinity? I can speak. I promise. Masculinity sure. a little bit. Um, do you feel like? Do you feel like? Like, did, when you realized that that was changing for you, did you feel, yeah. did you, were you mad about it? Were you angry with your body? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, whenever I experience some sort of decline, it really, it, it definitely hits my, um, self confidence, my ego, my, it triggers, it triggers probably about it, triggers about of depression. I think that's what caused a lot of the, I, I had pretty bad depression uh, earlier this year um, or towards the end of last year, uh, which it went, I went to darker places than I've ever gone to. Like I contemplated suicide and I just really didn't know what I was living for because I thought, well, this is just going to get really worse and eventually I'm going to need help with everything. Like what if I can't eat by myself? What if I can't? like shit by myself, what if I can't shower by myself? And I just spiraled into this place and was like, well, I might as well end it when things are like half decent so I don't have to go through that. 
That's a, I mean, I've never been there myself, and it's yeah. That's a, but but I can imagine, like I just, I deal with depression too, and that's a tough. It's a tough place to realize when your body is changing, especially in yeah. a culture where, as men, we're supposed to be virile and strong and powerful and right. all these things, and so. When your mm-hmm. body betrays you, and I, I now live with IBS and different joyous things that I deal with on a daily yeah. basis, but when you deal with stuff like that, where your body kind of betrays you, you're like, "Fuck!" Well, like, what do I? How am I ever going to find a partner that's going to be okay with this? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It makes me feel like, like what? You know, if I thought I had a tough time before, <laughs> that was cake compared to what I'm gonna have to deal with now. Like, I'm gonna have to explain to a girl that I can't even get on top of her, like. What the fuck, right? Like, what kind of man am I? And I'm just reducing my pool even further. And I also don't talk about it, right? Because I, I, I want to put out this projection. I think a lot of what I have done in the past, maybe still do, is put out this projection that, yeah, I have a disability, but, like, I'm pretty normal, right? <laughs> but, yeah, which because, is, you know, because that's so, that's a giant internalized ableism. We all do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Especially in our work personas, because we work so closely within our brand as ourselves. So if the ha- right. if like the sexy disabled guy that's talking about sex and disability, or in, in your case, dating and disability, if you all of a sudden yeah. are like, "Yo, I'm having a depressive episode," like, right. no, what people are gonna be like, "Oh, well, of course he is, because he's disabled." So you, yeah, I get it. You're constantly fighting with that like stereotype of, of course. A means depressed because like yeah he's just of course he is and your whole right. thing is like i'm the sexy disabled dating guy so i can't be depressed yeah. like but like so but i right. think honestly for like a suggestion from one speaker to another sure. is talk about that shit like really yeah do, do a whole lecture series where you lay that shit out for right. an audience to listen to because that gives you depth like right. then then people who go to your dating seminar who may be disabled and suffer, and you know, I don't want to say suffering because I don't feel like suffering and depression is the right word. It just feels really weird. Sure. Uh, people who are living with depression um, and who may also be disabled in, in that seminar can go, oh, if he's depressed, then maybe I can be depressed too, and it's okay. Right. Yeah, and, and I, to, to comment, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 go ahead. So some of the things, some of, that brings up some things that I, I to back off of what you're saying what you were saying you know being working and all that i know i always felt a little bit of a chip on my shoulder like i felt like i had to prove myself uh as it, it was helpful because i was performing at a really high level always throughout at school and at, um in college and at microsoft and everything and i was always like amongst the top like amongst the like elite you know people in terms of performance reviews or um, rank in high school or in the program I was in in college. And I think that propelled me forward where I was like, you know, just because I'm disabled, I'm going to be able to do everything everyone else can or I'm going to outperform in this other area because I'm underperforming. Uh, So while it was helpful in getting me to achieve in a certain area, I think it, it, it's like you said, it's in from an internalized ableism where I feel like I have to make up for this deficiency. Whereas a better way to look at it is probably just, this is just a different thing about me. Well, I mean, I think, I think especially given the work you do, like I've started talking 
and I did exactly what you're talking about in my lectures. Yeah. I would go up there and I'd smile and I'd do my right. job and I'd tell people how yeah. great sex and disability right. is and then I'd go home and I would be depressed. Um, right. But now... And I struggle to talk about that, like you said, because I feel like I, we have to... Something you said in that live video with Andy was that professionally you love your body, right? Yeah. That was really interesting to me. Like professionally, oh, professionally it's my job my to job. love my body. Yeah, yeah, professionally. And like I'm sure the same is true for you in that professionally right. you love being the dating coach on wheels. But right. like – I'm supposed to accept all that. And I think I never had such a I, – I never really thought about my body. So like I never really had such a negative view on it. I was just like, okay, like I'm just going to keep approaching women and – you know, it, it'll work out eventually. But I think I just got to a point where I just felt so fatigued from doing that so often and it not working out that it just hit me one day. And then and then I felt super conflicted because I was like, well, this is what I'm going through, but I can't talk about this shit because then people are going to be like, oh, you're just either you're not, you're obviously not a good dating coach because you're not being positive and putting yourself out there or you're just being like a whiny disabled guy. Yeah. yeah. Which is bitching about his condition. And neither of those I wanted to be. So I think that's why I started the vlog because I was like, I need to talk about this stuff. I need to get it out. But I can't just, I can't just like have like a bitch fest. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> one of the videos turned out to be a bitch fest. <laughs> but, but a bunch of them were just me. Hey, here's me going through my life, but then talking about some shit. That I'm going through. I think I'm just I'm picturing like your one of your like you should do a whole seminar on how you fucking hate being the dating coach. Like like do a whole <laughs> like no, but really that's like, isn't that bad for business? Like well, that's no, what I because thinking, right? well, I mean I and I thought that initially too, but the more I started, yeah. and I'm not saying do maybe don't do a whole like lecture series on that, but put a slide in or two where you do talk about depression and you do talk about. Right some of that stuff because it rounds you out to show people sure. that like disability, especially talking about it to large scale audiences or corporate audiences like yeah. we do, it's sometimes not easy. Like it's not, it's like I do big talks, put a smile yeah. on, do my job right. and go home and I eat M&Ms and cry. Cause yeah. Right. I, Cause you know, like it's hard. So, but I think people <sighs> yeah, want to like, People want to see that. I want to see that. Right. I'd love to see that lecture. Like, like yeah. I, w I would pay for that. I would totally pay for right. that. Well, it's free on YouTube now. And it's funny you mentioned the M&Ms because uh, I just I went to 7-Eleven and got, like, all the garbage food I could think of and just, like, went to town on it. Um, and then I think I put some of that in my video or, like, I showed what I eat. It was so bad because I usually eat so healthy. Uh, but I just wanted to, like, just – eat whatever the fuck I wanted. I was just in a mood. And so what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite thing to, like, eat? Oh, um, I have many. But if I had to pick one, it would be flaming Hot Fritos. No, I don't, I can't do spice. Yes. No, no. Oh, I love, I'm brown, man. That's, like, that's what we do. <laughs> spice is All right. I so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I bruise like a peach so that I can't, my body says no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but I, I mean, I'm not sure how to segue out of that like deep discussion we had. But but sure. 
I thank you so much for sharing like the mm-hmm. the parts of your journey that dealt with depression because yeah it's so common in the disability community but no one talks about it because we're forced to overcome and I really yeah. truly think that and this is this is just my own personal advice and you can take it or leave it but I think that to put parts of that into your work it would right. be really would be really valuable yeah I think so too uh, I mean I've I've kind of kept it separate like well i mean it's on my youtube page it's my vlog so people know like okay here's me when i'm talking about dating advice like here's all the right things to do and then, like here's me like dealing with my own shit in the vlogs right like so it doesn't necessarily bleed into one one or the other but it's all on the page like it's all me see all, all my stuff bleeds in because i'm what i do is so so personal that i feel like like yeah. for, me, for me to ask you these questions and the stuff right. that we're talking about right now, you have to know a lot about me. And so my, my stuff is like, yeah. I can't help, but I yeah, can't. Yeah, it's all out there. It's hard to separate the two. But but just right. a, just something for you to like to mull over with sure. the, the dating coach and to see if that's something that people might be drawn to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think people were drawn to the, to the vlogs. Like I ended up talking. So I, I talked about a lot of – I talked about a lot of things that I'm into. Like I – um, I spoke about, I, I have a very dark, twisted sense of humor. Uh, so I've also been thinking about doing comedy. Uh, but I talked about some fantasies I have. I think I maybe talked about non-monogamy. I do want to talk about non-monogamy. Um, let's go uh, there. Which, I don't have a question, there, but yeah. just, just go. Okay. Just... So, so here's, here's what I'm thinking. So you know, you mentioned this earlier, this idea of, you know, like having a partner or being married or all that and not wanting to do that. I know for me personally, I think I grew up with this idea that um, I'll eventually find a girl and she'll take care of me and then I'll be okay. Oh, muffin. Did you grow up with that kind of idea? (laughs) That's so not true. I mean, I I also grew up with that idea. I I know. I did. But I know it's not true. Right. But like, did you grow up with that? Yes, I totally did. Yeah. So... I realized this recently. I was like, I'm so hell-bent on finding a partner, like, but that partner could, like, die the next day, right? Like, anything could happen to that person. I can't depend on one person to be my everything. And, uh, you know, she could become, like, I'd get really scared, like, oh, what if this girl, like, doesn't want to be with me anymore? Like, you know, why would you want to be with me? Because... She could certainly be with somebody who's able-bodied. And I had I dated this one girl who said, um, I wish you could throw me up against the wall. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, so, yeah, you could, I mean, it would hurt, but you could pin her up against the wall. <laughs> sure, yeah, it would hurt. I was like, you know, we could try this. I was like, we, is, for you, is it more about, I asked her, like, is it more about the actual experience or just feeling like, you're not in control. Like, what is it about that we can get done for you? Because I'm totally game to like help you get yours. Like, that's a huge turn on for me is when you're getting yours. And she was just adamant about, no, I need somebody who can pick me up and throw me against the wall. And I just, I just had the thought. I was like, well, you want to just like go have sex with someone else? Like, I don't really care. Like, to me, the most important thing is, are we in on this? Are we in on life together? Like, 
do we want to do life together? Do we want to push each other together? Do we want to bounce ideas off each other? Um, and the sex, like, yeah, I want to have sex with my partner. Um, but if she wants to go have some other sexual experience, like I, I'm not super, I, I actually would be, I think I'd be excited by that. I'd want to, cause I have, I'm a dating coach, right? So I could like tell her how to be better at that and how to get guys to be more interested in her or, um, what she should wear that is really sexy. And I think it'd be cool to be in on that with her. But I wonder, is that just me thinking, oh, well, if I can't provide it, she can find it somewhere else. And I think, you know, and I think that like her telling you that she's adamant that she needs somebody to throw up against the wall. That's her own. And I I get that. Yeah, that's her own thing. Yeah, that's her own stuff. And I get that fantasy because I have that fantasy every other day. Like someone (laughs) throw me up against the wall and fuck me, please. Right now. Yeah. But okay. like, and I've said that like five thousand times on the podcast, so people know. Yeah. I want to get right. fucked up in some dirty ass bathroom against the wall. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's like it's like the complete opposite of what I want. Like, first of all, I'd want to be doing the fucking, um, and I'd want it to be like a nice, clean environment. Like, <laughs> I'm like, anytime there's like dirty, like I'm a complete press. Like, I want it to be like nice and clean and like, uh, well, like manicured and all that. So. Well, I mean, I was that way, but ever since I got IBS yeah. and ever since I've been dealing yeah. with that shit, uh, right. literally, quite literally, my yeah. desire for over-the-top cleanliness, right. I, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, as okay. long as, you know, there's no germs that are happening, I'll be, right. it'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, so but back to your larger point, right. I, I think, like, I think... And I don't know how you and I go off on these crazy tangents. Like, it's awesome. Sure. It's awesome. Um but i don't i think her wanting to her wanting to have somebody throw up against the wall is definitely internalized ableism yeah. a little bit and like sure absolutely yeah. and then her telling you that and being like nope sorry this is what i need like yeah like this is it yeah i think it's troubling because like yeah go ahead i think it's troubling because they have to then like we have to then hear them tell us that like what like if you're right. having that fantasy okay but why do you have to make that like why do you oh, have to so tell critical. me like why do you have to tell me, and why do I have to hear it? Oh, you think that's not okay? Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's not okay. I just think it's emotionally tough for you because it, it forces. Oh, like, yeah. It forces you to realize that. Oh, for sure, I'm disabled again. Like, thanks for that reminder. Yeah. Right. But you know what? I think the so it's been a little while since we broke up, um, and I, I actually had to pull the trigger because she really liked the emotional connection but she didn't um she sexually she wasn't satisfied because and i think that was her own mind or you could call it ableism but i think it's also just preferences like i think it's fair for people to have preferences right like if someone doesn't want to date somebody in a wheelchair or with a physical condition i think that's fine there's people that i don't want to date Either. I mean, yes, but yeah. I feel I feel I hear you, and I I kind of agree, but I yeah. I'm I'm cautious because when we start, you like especially in the queer community, we use the word preferences sure. to be racist, and we use the okay. word preferences to be like so. I, when people, but can you help it? Can you help it? Can you help what you're attracted to or what you're not attracted to? When it comes that's to, what that's when it comes yeah. to being a racist or an ableist, yes. <laughs> sure, but yes. there's, it's not it's not a clear line, right? It's there's gray area. 
No, but I also think it's it's what I think is most unfortunate for marginalized groups is that yeah. we're constantly the ones who have to hear this shit. Like and have uh, to be like understanding and be like it's okay. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. I don't care if you're an ableist, go ahead. But yeah. if you right. but why do you feel the need to directly tell me that? I don't care. Like So, okay, so question. This is really interesting. But do you think okay, so this girl, I dated this girl, right? And I I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, am I so let's say she knew from the beginning that she probably didn't want it long term. I think she kind of just wanted to like try it out. Like she was intrigued and she was like, maybe it'll work for me. But she probably knew from the get go that it wasn't what she actually wanted, like okay. long term. Yep. So am I better off if she said, no, I'm not going to date you? Or am I better off if she said, yes, give me a bunch of emotional like, you know, difficulties during that process but i still got to have the like fun sexy time with her because so, we did we did have fun together outside of basically outside of the bedroom like making out with her was super hot we we had a great it was it was great it's fantastic we love to go out and do stuff together it was nice to like have that feeling of like you know like a pseudo partner to go do stuff with and i don't regret that i don't think it was a bad experience in my life, I like I grew from it. I learned from learned from it. I knew what to look out for. Um, so I feel like overall it was a positive. But then there were, you know, so is I mean, it better that I had that or that I didn't? I mean, as long as you're able to manage those expectations for yourself, I think if you go in knowing full well that after six months she's gonna yeah. she's done trying you out and you're okay with that, by all like that's fine. Yeah. But if you go in thinking she's going to be with you for a year or two and then decide and then like right. after six months she decides oh just was trying you out sorry like hey eh. like that's rough but i think if you so that's that's why i'm more into non-monogamy these days because how can you really know right like two people come together it's a choice and they can not want to be together for whatever reason so yeah. how can you really have those ex- expectations and that's why i'm drawn to non-monogamy because I feel like it shatters those expectations, right? Like pretty much every day you have to wake up and make a decision. Both of you, do I want to be with this person? And so you, I think, I think what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, what I'm hearing though is that like disability has kind of put you in a place where it's allowed you to make decisions right then and there. And that's kind of hot. I like that. Right then and there. What do you mean? Like it, it, because you're disabled and because, you don't want to be tied to somebody right now because of disability and because of all the things with the state, your disability has kind of forced you to, to be like, okay, if I wake up, do I want to be with this person? And it gives you the the option to, to bail whenever you both want. Yeah. Well, it's made me think about, it's made me go outside of the traditional relationship models that have been sold to us as the right model. Yeah, and and I think I think there are so many of us with disabilities who are looking at non-monogamy and polyamory as an option because yeah. traditional relationships just don't. We are not. They we are work. not. Yeah. Disa- disabled people are not traditional. Traditionally, yeah. If we're if we're basing our lives on traditional, we'd be dead. So <laughs> right, absolutely. So like, non-monogamy. And it's not because I just want to like bail and you know like or i don't want to be tied like i do want to have that long-term like 
you know, one, I don't, I don't even think I would go out of that relationship all that much. Um, because it's, it's time consuming and it's tiring. And I just, don't, I don't have the energy anymore, right. To like pursue all these things. I like, there's girls I see that I'm like, Oh, she's super cute. But like, if I don't like something about her personality or like the conversation is not that interesting, like I used to pursue it and try to make it work. And now I'm just like, all right, forget it. You know, like it's not, it's not worth that to me. So you, so, okay. So you're non-monogamous in part because traditional relationships are too much work because and in part that's because the disability is like you just don't have the energy to put all into one person and also i think and for me like non-monogamy is like i was deprived of a lot of like teenage like soccer like fucking experiences when i was yeah so i want to still go have those yeah or like you i mean you want to go still have those i i I definitely want to have those like i want to put my dick in all the places but, uh, <laughs> but, um, so like, but, and the, the idea of long-term something doesn't scare me, but I also, like, I want people to know that I'll be sucking dick on the side and they should, yeah. I hope they're okay with so that. So you're open to this too. Oh, or like totally. you definitely, okay. Like you, you definitely want it or like, would you ever consider a monogamous, like, are you non-monogamous for sure? Or are you? Would you consider a monogamous relationship? That's a really that's a really loaded question because I've never gone like, hey, dating coach, I've never gone yeah. on a on a second date, so I don't even know. Oh. Like, I don't, I know. Given how much I talk but about you, sex, you'd think I'm yeah. dating, like I date all the time. I actually don't. Right. So, huh. so like I don't know. But, and are you okay with that? Well, like, what what do you think you want? I think I want all the dicks all the time. Okay. Okay. You don't want that like relationship. I do, but I want it to be like I'm starting to reach this weird point in my relationships mm-hmm. with, in my or my thought of relationships where being single feels mm-hmm. way more comfortable than not being single. Interesting. And to tie it back into disability, it's because of the work. Yeah. I don't have the energy to manage your ableism when I just want to hang out. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the energy to hold somebody's hand through my disability experience. Yeah. I just don't. So I'd rather, oh. like, get to know you. So, but, what, but what if you found somebody who's like, do you think that's true of, like, everyone? Like, does everyone have to have that? Or Because the people I've dated, um, most of the, the ones that, except for that one, most of them have been, like, super cool about it. They're Like, I've asked them, I'm like, you ever think about my disability? Does it, like bother you does it like you know are you concerned about it what's gonna happen in the future all that like they're all like no nah, i don't really think about it yeah and but i also just this one girl was like oh i don't know what's gonna happen in the future i'm worried about it so but i also wonder my like, experience I, has been the opposite. I wonder yeah. how many girls have said that have said it doesn't bother you that to you before they've actually like spent time with you and figured out like what your deal is because i think no no this was like after we'd been dating Oh, the, oh wow! Like after wow. we've been dating a little while, I asked them about it because I'm of course I'm curious, right? I'm because uh, I know how I see it and how like I, my own internal ableism that I've grown up with, and so I'm curious how it comes across to like if to you them. if you found girls that were comfortable with that after a few months, bravo to you because yeah, I think so. Like 
And again, when it comes to just disability, so many of us are yeah. trained to, if the disabled person brings up an issue, the able-bodied right. person's automatic required response is, oh no, it's no problem, don't worry about right. it. It's, so and, that, like, and that could have been it too. Like they might have, they might have just been protecting my feelings. Yeah, totally. Right. And that's like what, that's like what I'm wondering about for you. And that's why I'm, yeah. Like, so I'm not saying I'm not saying they they weren't totally cool with it, and if they were, like, bro, right. but yeah, it's just curious to me because like so often people will tell me they're cool with it, and then yeah. we'll, get, we'll get down to the reality of disability, and they'll go, oh wow, ah uh, um, yeah, no. Interesting. Um, because I, yeah, maybe they knew like the right thing to say at that point, um, and not like hurt my feelings. But I, I just wonder if maybe to them it's not a big deal or they see beyond that or they uh, – and also, like, can you really 100% accept, accept someone, right? Like, I've talked to people – I talk to people in relationships a lot, usually women I'm hitting on. Um, but I As you do, of learned, course, of course. Yeah. I just learned that there's no perfect relationship. Like, there's no, there's no person that tells me, like, this person – is absolutely perfect and they hit all my marks of everything I wanted. Usually they say, I think the ones, the relationships that seem to be successful, people tend to say, I didn't feel like I was settling. Like it wasn't everything I was looking for, but it was the most important things and I felt good about it. Like it felt right to me. So I think if you ask someone objectively about any two people with their partners, right? Like, do you, love everything about this person they'd be like fuck no right like there's a ton of like that's why couples have issues and fights and all that all the time but maybe they just learn to accept things like maybe maybe it's like yeah like i yeah in an ideal world you you know like i mean you'd be able to you'd have a, a physically like uh normal body but it's not that important to me because of all the other things that I that you bring to the table like because everyone has different I guess again preferences or different needs and different ranks for those different needs so I wonder if they said they said that knowing yes they knew it was the right thing to say to protect my feelings but also for them it wasn't such a high importance thing on their needs list whereas for this one girl it perhaps was I mean, maybe, and I again, I tell but I'm I I would love to sit down with a girl that was like, actually, here's the deal, because like, right, that takes balls to sit, yeah, it's like that takes. I, I love it when girls do that. That like, takes fucking or anyone does that. Hutzpah yeah. to be like, actually, right. your disability scares the fuck out of me. Here's five yeah. reasons why. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, but it, don't you think that's like the conversation that needs to happen for a relationship to develop? Because if you can't talk about that stuff and get through it together, then how can you have a relationship together? And I think I think it, that stuff does need to be talked about. I think yeah. it's how we how it is presented to the disabled person always puts yeah. the, the onus back on that person. Sure. And so if there's... But aren't, a, we, aren't we all personally responsible? Like, yeah, not responsible for our disability, but I mean, as I've always seen it that way, like I'm, I have a disability, so it's it's my job to make other people comfortable with it. It's my job to look as sexy as I can and invite them into it because I deal with it all day and they don't. 
maybe that's unfair, but that that's kind of how I've done things. I, but I guess it can become also really taxing after a while after you're doing it all the time. Yeah. Maybe I mean, that's where you're at. I mean, you, I've, I've just reached a point where I will invite you in, but you have to, you better yeah. fucking know the password of my heart before I let you like, you know what I mean? You better do the work before I let you straight in. I'm not going to let you in simply because you're able-bodied and want me anymore. That's like my requirements have gone way up than when I Wait, was... you're able-bodied and what? When you're able-bodied and like, just because you're able-bodied and good-looking, I'm not going to give you yeah. the, the time of day right away. You have to prove... Sure, to, right, like, absolutely. You have to prove to me you're not a douchebag. Yeah. So what, what do you want? Like, what is that requirement? Because you said your requirements have gone up. So what do you look for? I look for somebody who's what does it mean like, to not be a I want somebody who's gonna who's gonna say like much like your partner did, but in a yeah. much sexier way, like, Hey, right. your disability is kind of new to me. Can we go like can we go up and talk about it? Can you share with me? Can we can I learn? Like or mm. somebody who will say like, Hey, I'm gonna be an ableist, I'm gonna see something ableist at some point, but <laughs> like yeah. I'm learning and let's learn together. Like I want them to acknowledge that they're not they're not God's gift to me just because they're able-bodied. Uh, oh, so that's what you encounter a lot, where people are like, oh, like, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah, totally, totally. By being with you. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, okay, that's shitty. Yeah, yeah, I would not stand for that. It's, it's so... It's, <laughs> seriously, the, seriously, the opposite. I'm like, girl, I'm doing you a favor <laughs> by being with you. Like, by, like I... I think that's a pretty sec, like in a joking way, obviously, you know, like people are like come together equally, but I think that's a funny like twist to put on it because it plays on that assumption. And um, that's really interesting because I, I haven't encountered that a lot. Wow. You haven't encountered people who are like, I'm doing you a favor by being with you. Like sexually. Yeah. No, like I've had people. Um, no, like, yeah, I haven't, no, I've never encountered that because I guess I've always been, maybe it's because of a, maybe it's the straight versus gay culture where, um, you know, in straight culture, like men are typically like really pursuing the woman, right? Like women are not going to just come be with me, uh, when they could, yeah, like if a woman wants to be with someone, she's going to. She has unlimited options, essentially. She's not going to pick the guy with the degenerative MD. Yeah, 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 right. Like, if she just wants MD, she's, I'm not the one that she's going to pick for that. Um, I feel like that's... Maybe that's all I've list. I feel like that's not true also, because I'm sure your D is brilliant. Um, oh, my D is fantastic. Do you have disabled dick energy? <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean disabled dick energy? Didn't you you've you've seen that meme going around that's like, do you have big dick oh. energy? So Uh no, what's the meme? There's a meme going around that's like you have big dick energy because Oh. It's something to do with Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson said he had like big dick uh. like anyway. I made a joke about okay. how yeah. I have like disability Oh disability dick energy. Disability I dick feel energy. like dude, I feel like this people with disabilities are like 
one of the horniest people on the planet. It's so true. And also, we have... I think, yeah. Disabled people have great genitalia, but no one ever sees them because no yes. one ever sleeps with us. No one ever, yeah. <laughs> like, every girl that I've been with has been like, wow, like, you're so big. Or, like, <laughs> like I'd ask, I'd ask a girl, like, that's, that's totally, like, self... Um, like self like there's no way to prove this i mean i'm not going to be I, I guess i could send you a dick you pic can, and then you, you can, can send me the picture offline like, oh, verify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i'd ask girls i'm like how do i rank you know like because i'd be like how many girls or how many guys have you been with and they'd you know tell me how many and i'd be like well how do i rank like in terms of like dick size and maybe they're just like goading my ego but i don't know but uh, again, um, you can send me the dick yeah. picture and I will verify sure. that you have yes. disabled dick energy. I'm so therefore <laughs> I can't believe I told the world like I have a big dick. Like such a like self obsessed thing to say. I'm cool with it because you have a big dick and a buttery voice. I'm all for, I'm so yeah. for it. Are you sure you're not queer? <laughs> I yeah, okay. That's that's um I that was another thing I wanted to talk to you about. Oh my god, I think are you coming I'm, out right now? This is I'm not, I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. So I would be, I think the correct definition uh, that I've found is like hetero flexible, which I, I don't know the exact definition, but basically if I was with a long-term partner and she wanted to have a threesome with another dude and it happened to be the case that I had the opportunity to suck some dick, I, I wouldn't pass it up. Let's say that because I have no gag reflex and I feel like that's a gift. I feel like that's a gift that's, that needs to be shared with the world in some way. <laughs> I'm blowing your mind right now, aren't I? Cause I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my mic right now being like, how yeah. the fuck do I segue out of this and not <laughs> sound like a horny fucking <laughs> So there's no way to do that, but I'm the, the visuals through my brain right now are t- too good to be true. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like. Also, like it's kind of a like a powerful thing, right? To be able to give. I think I'd be really good at sucking dick. I've never sucked a dick, but I think I'd be really good at it. I, so I can't believe I'm doing this on the podcast. But if you want to suck a nice disabled dick, <laughs> my number is. Six- <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. But I think for me, it's got to be like in the context of like there's a there's a girl there as well. Because um, I don't think I think I wouldn't. I would just wouldn't enjoy it otherwise. Otherwise, and I don't know why that is. I got to think about that some more. But um, we'll talk off the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll. I will bring you into the world, friend. It's no, 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 no. Sure. Of course, with consent okay. and with love, and of course. Yeah. I, but I will, we'll, we'll go there together on that journey. Okay. Um, I'll be your right. disabled gay unicorn. It's fine. Um, sure. <laughs> so to, to kind of shift gears again, you mentioned yeah. in your kind of pre-questionnaire that you've started, to, and we talked right. about it a little bit before, you started to experience uh, declining physical functions. And as a result of that, yes. you're beginning to feel more and more unattractive, which I yeah. don't even believe because you're so cute. It's like I can't even handle it. So, um, can you kind of can you like what does the process of grieving over losing those functions as a disabled man look like for you? Yeah. Uh, it's the grieving process. It's it's really learning to adapt. 
I think, because it's it's rare that there's something that I just can no longer do. I just have to do it a little bit differently. And that brings up a lot of fears because I think, well, what if I can I can do it this way? Like lately, being able to eat food on my own has gotten a little bit tougher. And sometimes I have to use my other hand, uh, my left hand instead of my right hand, which I usually use. And I just get into this mind, this spiral where I'm like, oh my God, like, what if my left hand gets weak now? And then like, what am I going to do? And I don't have to be like fed by other people. And like a girl will never like me. It always comes down to, and a girl will never like me. Yeah. Or, and no girl like me. Yeah. I have the same, the same tape in my head. It's like, if this, if I can't do this now, like, like I started using catheters a year and a half ago and like the audience has heard this, but like, yeah, the same idea of like, Oh, no one's gonna like me if if this happens. And like, right. do you like? Just thinking of like the function. Do you like? Right. Do you are you able to like get your dick out to pee and stuff? Is that still something you can do? Yeah, like, yeah, I can still do that. Um, you know, sometimes it's more challenging. It really depends on like if I'm tired. Like, I was traveling this past weekend and I was like more tired than usual, and um, it was just even tougher. Um, but. Uh, what, sorry, where was this going? Or what was your question? I was going into, um, so like losing the function of being able to like oh, yeah. hold your dick. Right. Uh, I'm still able to do that. Uh, and <laughs> it just makes me think last year, since I talked about jerking off into a cup, I should <laughs> let you know. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. That was like the best my part friends, of the conversation. My friends listened to this podcast and they gave me no end of shit. Like my friend, one of my friends was like, hey, you want to come over? I have cups. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I'm so great. Like, Fuck you. So good. But I guess I should let you know why not that I've graduated to now using um, gloves because they're much cleaner. Oh, wait, you jerk off into a glove? <laughs> It's a glove, and then I just toss the glove, and it's like super clean, and just like <laughs> I don't have to like you know rinse out the cup or anything. And is, God, this is so terrible. Is that an? Ex- is, I'm totally keeping that in. It's too too good. Is that yeah. an accessible option for you? Like like walk me through oh, the, yeah. the visual. Okay, like seriously, sure. as a fellow disabled yeah. person, how do you, like how sure how how do I how do I masturbate into a into a glove? Into a glove. Okay. So and the title of this I, episode will be it was good yeah it was literally going to be catching up with Amin Lakani but now it's going to be right. jerking off into a glove into a glove <laughs> that'll get some clicks for sure so um I okay well I always put a towel down on my seat cushion because I don't I don't like getting cum on my seat cushion like unless I'm like seeing a girl and like it's kind of hot and we're like doing it together and like our juices are mixed together and it's like on my seat cushion, but I, I'm a pretty like, I'm a neat freak. Uh, and so I don't like to get that on the cushion or I don't like to have it like sweaty. Cause when I'm like jerking off, I'll, you know, you sweat and I don't want to like get my chair all sweaty on my seat cushion. So I'll put a towel down, I'll stand up, put the towel down, sit back down and then I will grab the glove and then open it up and then pull my, pull my dick out. Uh, so I pull it out of the, I pull it out of the little hole, like the, my boxers, um, I put like holes in them so that I can just unzip my pants and then pull my dick out and take a piss because I stand to piss. 
fuck you. I'm so jealous. Yeah, Slash, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So uh, I pull out of that hole and then I just put it in the glove and then go back and forth. Um, like I grip. I, okay, fine. If we want to get real graphic. I do. I, I do. Hold, go there. Yeah, I know you do. So I hold my dick through the glove with like both hands. So I have lost some function. Like I used to be able to do it with just my right hand. Uh, and I had like enough like control, but now if I use just my right hand, like I'll like lose the grip on my dick, um, and it'll just like fly around. So <laughs> I know you're I know you're enjoying this visual. I really so am. The visual is so now, good. Now I hold, I think I hold the base. Yeah, I hold the base with my left hand, or no, I hold like I kind of grip it with both hands, um, and then I just go like back and like up and down. Okay, I mean, I guess my biggest, my, my, like, I'm I'm trying to picture, because I have, like, I have shitty dexterity. You obviously have sure. more fine motor skills than I do. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, which is, which is crazy, because my fine motor skills are shite. Yeah, mine are, like, my, I have, I have gross motor skills, but fine motor okay. skills are, I can't, no. So, that's why I'm, I don't have fine motor skills. Like, that's the biggest, one of the biggest symptoms of my condition is, like, small, it's, like, no fine motor skills like i can't like tactile like but anyway go on yeah so my question is like my question is like how do you because you need fine motor skills to open the glove to get your dick inside how do you like sure okay i have that yeah i mean i struggle with it but i you know they're not like tight gloves like they're pretty open so you but get, it does take me like some time so you get the biggest glove in the world yeah i have large gloves <laughs> So, so weird disability. <laughs> that sounds so crazy. I've let you guys are usually like, I use large condoms. I'm like, I use large gloves. It's so good. And so the title of the podcast is now for sure, I use large gloves and interview with a mean. <laughs> like that's it right there. Yeah, uh, I um, use large latex gloves. That's that's totally the interview. That's the title right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but like, so. Oh, so what do I do? Okay. So here's the thing. I think last time we talked about how you cannot thrust, right? Yeah. So I thrust a little bit like, so I, I put my elbows on my, um, on my armrests. Okay. And then I kind of like use that as a, um, I use that. And then I like, I'm holding my dick, right? So like holding my dick, elbows are on my armrests and I'm leaning back in my chair like uh and then i that allows me to thrust a little bit up and down with my hips and when you're doing so that gives me the yeah, that gives me the friction and when you're doing that do you are you wearing a bow tie <laughs> not typically all right all right um <laughs> you're just out of paint your own visual just the visuals the visuals that have happened in my brain for this episode have been amazing um uh, <laughs> uh so but so of of you of the of like your body and like with your sexuality what is the one yeah. function that you've lost the most yeah that you are really kind of struggling with right now really struggling with hmm. so recently it's been my right bicep has gotten a lot weaker uh and that's made it difficult to stand and brush my teeth so i used to stand all the time and brush my teeth uh, and i would force myself to do it even though it's more comfortable to sit um and now it's like tough because i 
happens like the toothbrush falls out of my mouth and I have one of those electric toothbrushes. So it just like splatters everywhere, which is annoying. Um, or like I'll be trying to like cup some water and bring it up to my mouth uh, to like rinse my, you know, rinse after brushing my teeth. And I just like, I can't get my hands up that high. Um, and it's really frustrating because that was like something I was proud of myself for. Like, I was like, okay, I don't have to stand. Like I could take the lazy way out and just like sit and brush my teeth, Yeah. but I stand, right? Like I felt good about that. And so now I have to deal with things like, am I being lazy? Like, am I just not, you know, do I need to work out more? Am I like, what can I do to make this better? How can I get this function back? And I just really, really like was not letting it go. Um, and it was really weighing on me. Yeah, because it's the littlest things when you lose them, how, sc- yeah. how scary it is. Like right. to go back to something we said, you said a few minutes ago, I do think yeah. there might be something sexy where if somebody feeds you, like if, I mean, if you reach a point where you have to deal with the fact that you can't feed yourself anymore, yeah. you could right. make it part of your like dating coach persona. I'd be like, Hey, part of my thing, right. like to, to give yourself right. that confidence because it's a part of your reality now. Um, yeah. Like I, really- I mean, I have at that. If it gets to that point, I have to, right? Like there's just sitting and wallowing in it and letting it take over my life is not going to get me what I want. No, but I, no. I do think I do think that you're allowed to have a grieving period and to you're allowed to yeah. be mad about it and you're allowed right. to work through that because Yeah. Um because we Thanks, Dad. Yeah, and because right, I can be your daddy, it's fine. Um yeah. <laughs> But also because like nobody hears that part of it. Nobody hears right. the internal yeah. struggles that we deal with and so I think you're allowed to be mad right. about it totally. Um yeah. right. Uh, and it's scary to let that stuff out because you don't want to just, like I said before, you don't want to just be complaining and all that because that's not sexy either, right? If you're doing that all the time. No, that doesn't make my dick hard. But, but yeah. <laughs> wow, we found the one thing. The one thing. The one, I mean, and I. But the irony is, is I'm a, I, I complain about all the things. So like. Yeah. And it could be. It could be like. But I'm. I'm a big complainer. When I don't get my way, I complain a lot. <laughs> so like I don't. But mm. but I. <sighs> So like, how does this? How do you want others to see you as a disabled man in the bedroom? Like, how does all this loss affect how yeah. you want others to see you in the bedroom? Right. Um, I I just had a thought. Can we talk about that complaining thing? Maybe we can come back to it. Oh yeah, that's, at some point. So you, but, let's we, um, let's go right to it. Let's go back. I just right. You want to go to it now? Yeah. So I'm I'm curious about it because I um I just wonder right. I wonder because I see you out there like putting your stuff out there and i'm like this is awesome like andrew's cool like he's you know he's a voice and like people like i like and i resonate it resonates with me right and i appreciate it uh and then myself i've always my philosophy has always been don't complain overcome right like don't complain just like find a way to for example like i've wanted to do stand-up comedy for for a long time and i did it for six months last year but i only got to go up on stage once because there was like four big like football player dudes there that could like lift me onto the stage with my chair. But it's so much better to do that experience on a stage as opposed to what I usually have to do, which is just at eye level with everyone. And then you kind of just like blend into the audience. I mean, um, or you could start a podcast. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I've thought about like, fuck this. I'm just going to like, you know, do it on 
um, YouTube or I'm going to make my own or like I'm going to host my own standup somewhere where I, it is accessible, yada, yada. Um, or I've like, like, all right, well, you know, there I ask, right? I'm like, hey, can you get a ramp? Can you make it accessible? Nothing happens. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have a ramp. I can bring it there. I can like, I mean, it's shitty that I have to do this, but in order to get to be able to do that thing, like I have to do this and then eventually maybe I can talk about it, you know, if I become some big stand-up comedian. I mean, even even the term like stand-up is like ableist. Right? I have stand so, I have stand-up and sit-down friends. I like I'm thinking of like I was on Cameron Esposito's show a few months ago. Hey, Cameron, if, yeah. if you're listening, uh, yeah. hire Amin to do a set. Like like you figure it out. Putting the call out right yeah. now. You do stand up. Okay. Like let's 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 talk about it, friends. Um, yeah, I'm gonna tweet this to you, Cameron. You won't listen, but it'll be out there. <laughs> it's, okay. Uh, but no, but I think like I think that's really cool. And and so in your act, would you talk mm-hmm. about disability? I think yeah. Oh, absolutely. A lot of my jokes are like very dark disability jokes. So, but I think at some point I would I would never do just comedy. Like I would also want it to have some sort of message. I think uh, like at you know mixed and I've liked. I've appreciated comedians who have that duality. Like there's some stuff that's like really funny and like really shitty things that they're saying, but then they also have a message or things that they want to say. And I think it hits, it resonates so much more because you've made the person laugh, right? Like you've given them something that is enjoyable. And then you talk about something that is really meaningful. I think it's a really cool um, play off of each other. So I talk about how dis. I probably do it in a joking way in some way, but I joke about how the industry is very um, difficult for people with disabilities to be in because all the venues are tight, they're small, they're in some like back room, um, and I don't, I haven't seen anybody on Netflix because Netflix does like Netflix does stand-up comedy shows like no one's like they're running out of style. Yeah, yeah, totally. Recently, and. There's no wheelchair comedians. I saw one guy a couple of years back, Josh Blue, Josh I think. Blue. Who has, yeah, yeah. I think he has CP, right? Yep. Um, and that was the closest. But he's he was able to walk around. So like he would be able to go to a venue. Um, like yesterday I went to a venue with my friend, and I was like, hey, I have a ramp. Can I go on stage? And the woman was like, you know, I don't know. Like, if, like we really want you to do your thing. And so it was better than most places where – they were like really supportive of it, but she was like, you know, I don't know if your chair would be able to like, um, like that stage is really rickety. It was kind of put together by like some comedians. I don't know how much your thing weighs, but um, it almost felt like she shut it down before even giving it a chance. Oh yeah, she's telling you that you're a liability. Right, and I was like, <laughs> and she was like a rather large woman, so like I didn't want to like. I, like that, and that thought never crossed my mind that like she might go and like break the stage or anything. But I was just like, wow, this is so like, like I, I was kind of shocked that she would say something like that. Um, that she that she didn't recognize her own privilege. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And then she like that just shows you that anybody can be an ableist, whether they like whether yeah. they have like differing bodies themselves. Ableism and all right. those isms don't discriminate. Um, yeah, but I've I've never thought like. 
the best thing to do would be like complain or like get mad at her or whatever. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like, I'm just going to be better. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be so fucking good that she's going to like be craving for me to come to her open mic. And that's awesome. That's how I've always taken but it. But sometimes to get angry as a disabled person, and I hear you, and I think sometimes you got to go high when other people go low. And sometimes you get yeah. like, sometimes, and we, but we, we're always told in the disability community to pick your battles and to pick what's really right. important and to whatever. And so in this case, if you have a ramp to do that, fine. But there's something yeah. really, sometimes to get mad about disability stuff feels really good to have a good, mm. especially with all the shit you've gone through in the last year. I, right. I think you reach a point in your disability experience where you just get mad and you blow up at somebody for yeah. saying something ableist. And for a minute, it feels fucking good because... <laughs> But is that helping, Andrew? I wonder. It's helping like, you get the shit out. Yeah, it's helping me. That's true. It's true. But is it helping? Like, I like I always think of myself as a, as a, um, what's the word? Not an advocate, but like a a stand-in or like a example of what a person with a disability is. Of what a quote-unquote. Right? But see, this is the trouble, though. This is where this is where I run into issues with what you're saying because a stand-in for what the quote-unquote good disabled person like and i think we need no but like i'm like a i'm like an example of like what um not a good disabled person but like it just a disabled person right like so like if i give a good experience to someone or at the very least just you know bite my tongue and try to like take the high road um because this person obviously doesn't understand how able is their being then eventually when I'm like, you know, so good that they want me or they realize what's going on, um, then, you know, they, like, have you ever heard the, I don't know if it's a phrase or a term, but being really gracious when you know somebody has fucked up. Like when someone's apologizing to you, there's two ways to take it, right? You could be like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Like you should apologize. Or you could say, you know, it's okay. Like, thank you for the apology. I appreciate that. And like maybe And I think if you take the second road, it tends I I I've always taken the second road and I've found that I I don't know if I've found anything, but I just do that because I think well, I want this person to treat the next person with the disability like in a respectful way and not see them as some complaining whiny person, but maybe that's my own. No, I mean, maybe you've reached some like cool zen disability point where you don't have to be not all the time, but I'm just suggesting to you, mm. there are moments okay. where yelling at that fucking ableist because they weren't ableist, like knobhead, feels really, yeah. really good. It's almost like yeah. having a fucking orgasm because you're like, good, I got it out. I feel better. Good. Um, and I mean, there's a point where you'll reach where you're like, I don't want to be nice and polite all the time. I want to be mad yeah. about this. Right. Other- I did kind of reach that point over this weekend because I went to the hotel and we were in the parking lot and there's no ramp to get into the fucking hotel from the parking lot. And like, I went and like called the security box and like, I'm like, oh, like I'm in a wheelchair and I can't get in. Well, um, they're like, okay, we'll send someone down. So I went and found the guy like when he came down um, and I was like, hey, like there's no ramp. Um, you know, like, can you, do you know how I can get up or whatever? And he's like, oh yeah, there's a way there. And I'm like, uh, no, I just checked. Like I checked all four sides. There's no way to get there. And then um, he was like, okay, like, let's go look. And I was like, okay, like, obviously he doesn't believe me, but whatever. I'll show him and then I'll show me the way. And then he said, we went there and there was no ramp. And he's like, oh, wow, like, 
there should be a ramp. And I'm like, yeah, there should be a fucking ramp, but there isn't. Like, like that, that pissed me off because I was like, yeah, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I know there should be one, but there isn't. Can we solve the fucking problem instead of like, like just telling me what I already know? Like that pissed me off. I think it was more just like, for me, it was not ableist. It was just like stupidity. Like that was a waste of breath. Like you should not have made that comment because like it added nothing to the problem solving solving the problem no but didn't it feel fucking good for a second it did yeah but then like, i was like shit like, like i shouldn't have you know but you, but you should have because how many times in your life have you bit, bitten your tongue and done the appropriate thing this is what i'm saying to be it's a, that's what i'm telling you to be angry about your loss to be angry about the loss of your what your body can and can't do to be angry about outward ableism and the work you do. That's okay. Like what, like to go way back to the beginning of our conversation, what I, what I started, what I started doing is putting that anger into my work. And you Mm -hmm. you like, you'll see when, if you do a lecture and you do a slide where you're like, I'm fucking pissed off about this. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Like you feel so much better afterwards because you got it out and you told somebody otherwise, where does that anger go? You sit. You sit alone. Yeah, just like, I picture you in fucking Bruce Wayne's manner. I don't know why. Like <laughs> I picture you in like like a really like fancy like a house in Seattle that has all the things. Sure. So okay, you're you what you get mad and then you go in the, in that house by yourself and yeah. you're mad. Who? Yeah. It's like able-bodied people and non-disabled people need to see us get mad sometimes. And yeah. I think. It's. I think it, you have a right to be, and I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Not. That's uh, fair. I mean, well, I think I also g- getting mad is exhausting. Can be really tiring for us. Yeah. So you right. you've maybe have picked a have picked a, an avenue for yourself that is comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and is less t- like because for you, I can imagine getting vi- like physically angry given your disability can actually yeah. be physically tiring for you. So right. maybe why you're just going to bite your tongue is because you're like, if I scream and yell, then my blood pressure yeah. is going to do something or like, like right. my function is going to... F- yeah, like my voice. Yeah, it it's tough. Like to yell is physically exhausting um, at someone. I can I can imagine. But, but I am saying there are moments, if you feel the need to yell because of ableism, yeah. you have a right to do that. I, 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 and anybody listening who who's been in experiences like what you've described would yeah. should be applauding as they listen to this right. because because you have a right to get mad and and anger is sexy yeah. you're 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 you know you you know <laughs> anger is passion it's yeah. you know it's like right. so maybe if you're mad more you'll get more you'll get more ladies <laughs> maybe i will maybe that's how i'll find the one um, let's see anger over ableism finds love Everyone, that's the takeaway mm. from this episode, mm-hmm. and that I mean jerks off in gloves. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm we're go- I'm done, man. I'm I'm fin- yeah. we're good. I think we should end there. Um, Absolutely, I think I'm pretty tapped out. Uh, we covered everything. That was that was a really good conversation. Why don't you yeah. tell people how they can get a hold of you, how they can book you? Sure. Yeah, the best place is on my website datingcoachonwheels.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram under the same name, Dating Coach on Wheels, on YouTube as well. And the brand new video podcast that I'm working on is called 
two boys, one chair, which is <laughs> with, with numbers. So number two, number one, and that's we're on YouTube and Instagram. And we do live shows every Monday through Wednesday at around 6, 10 a.m. Pacific time. No, you, you should join us sometime, Andrew, because you'd probably be up around that. I would be. I would just be getting up around that. I will make. What, yeah. What? What? Say it again. Monday and Wednesday. Monday. Monday through Wednesday, six ten a.m. on YouTube Live. You can tune in and interact with us while I am. Just I'm doing my morning walk. I'm lit. I literally roll out of bed and start the the live show. That's amazing. I'm, like that. That's a. That's a fucking. That's a, that's a. That's an awesome branding idea. That's great. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was such a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, I hope this podcast goes on for another year, so that in yeah. a year I can book you again. To, we can do it again. To be another yeah, guest. that's be awesome. Like you're just the greatest, and I fully support all you do. And uh, thank, thank you, you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a great time and. I, it's been a, it's been too long. I, clearly, we've had a lot to talk about. So much to talk about. Like it's an hour and a half. Yeah. This is amazing. But uh, wow. thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Okay, hit off. All right, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment. You help me make a living doing this thing. You help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities, so I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time, right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Udiucci. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.